Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm here with Nick and Marty. Once again, fellas, how are we going? You guys well? Going well, thanks, Jace. Uh, the footy finals is up and about, and your prediction from last year of Essendon making the finals has come crashing down in a blaze of flames. We are out. We are bad. I was yeah. waiting for this to come back and uh, bite me uh, with my predictions and, and even my AI prediction. You know, it's it's up and about, but it's still not necessarily taking the world by storm. So just like the Bombers, not taking the world by storm. I think um, by the by, the bye, they were fourth or fifth on the ladder and I was probably sitting there quietly confident in my prediction. Um, and yeah, just nothing like the Bombers to, to what is it, 6,249 days or something since we last won a final. So we'll let that number keep building and uh, let the good times roll forward. It's always good to build confidence in other teams. And I think Essendon, if they want to be successful, that's that's a start, helping others. So for God's sake, get it together, boys. <laughs> Come on. I've only Jesus. got a few years left. <laughs> get me a win. Get me a win. Nick, how are you? Adelaide are out. Adelaide are out, but it's official. We would have been in based on that decision. So, um, yeah, a bittersweet end of the season. We played some good footy, but, yeah, if we had got that call right, it is official. We would have jumped Sydney. We actually would have taken Sydney's spot on the ladder. So... How's that? And we would have so, so what eight. happened? Someone Adelaide kicked a goal, but it wasn't uh, given a goal. It wasn't given a goal. Uh, wasn't even reviewed. Um, which is why, since that game, every single decision's pretty much been reviewed. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Um, AFL came out and said, uh, "We admit we got it wrong. Um, it should have been reviewed because it was a goal." But they can't go back, which means Sydney got the four points and not Adelaide. If Adelaide had got the four points, we would have jumped Sydney, we would have finished eighth, and we would be playing in the final. So it's pretty bad. And it's actually a good topic of conversation. Just mm. to think that um and and I'm not just saying this for an <clears throat> some an Adelaide supporter, it could have been any any club. Um, but to think of the the money that is in the AFL and to think of all of the the time and effort that's gone into re- a review system for number one for the review system not to be used, and then secondly, for the review system to be incorrect um, at, at times is just crazy. And we won't talk about it too much because it's been done to death on every sports station, but um, they need to get it right. Like when, when you do compare to, and we won't go on about it, but just now off the back of the FIFA Women's World Cup, which was so incredibly ran and so well done, and just plug to myself, I was at the grand final um, in Sydney um, a couple of Sundays ago, and what an incredible event, um, the, the way they put it on. But their VAR system and, and the technology that they've invested in when it comes to the types of cameras, the slow motion, the pixel-by-pixel pixel kind of ability to pick up frame-by-frame – the, the AFL looks like they're just using Channel 7's cameras or just the standard broadcast cameras as opposed to having special cameras in place that are there for the VAR system. I mean, yeah. Compared to like the tennis with their Hawkeye technology, um, soccer with the VAR technology, and even cricket. Cricket has an incredible amount of technology with the way the flow of the ball and hotspot and all those things. The AFL is incredibly behind in that technology as well as when you look at the NBA. If you get to the last two minutes of an NBA game, they generally go over every single decision by a ref in the in the dying minutes of the game um, by video. Um, and then if it can be overturned, it's overturned. Um so we probably need to get to a point where the last two minutes of a game where it's decided by less than a goal, we don't leave it in the hands of, of human error and it does need to be reviewed whether the goal umpire says so or not. Yeah, and I think I think the best 
um, I'm just looking as we're talking here, but I, th- I think the best angle they had on it was actually from an iPhone, from a supporter. Mm. Um, that was the best angle they had on it. And I'm, I'm not going to say the number, but I did read it, and I'm just trying to find it now, but huge financial loss to Adelaide mm. uh, for not making the finals. So, yeah, there's, there's more ramifications. <laughs> you think about footballs um, and sporting clubs are businesses, right? They run as businesses. Um, so it'd, it'd be interesting to see if there's any monetary compensation because the money that Adelaide will lose by not being a 2023 finals side, um, I read the stat and I was quite surprised, but it, it, it was significant. So it's, um, yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy that they can't uh, understand when they get a call wrong and take it back, um, mm. just replay it to all, you know, go, go, go back a minute, whatever they've got to do with there's so much at stake. It just doesn't make any sense. Look. Um, other people would say well, it's just a game, but it's, it's more than that. It's actually a business now, and um, yeah. But anyway, other than that, all good, all good. Could be worse. Could be a bomber supporter. Did you say how many days? Uh, it's six thousand. Oh. It's uh, over six thousand. And so it's, what's now, that? Nine now, nine years or ten years? Well, it was uh, no, no. two thousand and fourteen. Two thousand and four was the last final. Okay. Two thousand and four was nine the years. last. Yeah, I was thirty-two. Nine years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how, you, that's how long ago it was. You, you leave the math to uh, the accountant in the room, Nico. It's about 17 years. Uh, not too far off, though. But 17 um, years? No. no. Since we've won one, since it's we've won 2004. One. 2004. Yeah, so that's, we're 2023 Yeah, now. so 6,300 6, days, Nico, divided by 365 gives you 17 oh, years. Oh, wow. Jeez, you went. Just for everyone playing wow, at home, we didn't whip out the yeah, calculator gee. like Nick. I didn't wow, know we were going to that level. Okay. It's, uh, very and impressive. Now, for those at home, uh, Nick Nick has absolutely just raised the eyebrows and looks in shock at how bad uh, the Bombers are. He didn't realise. So um, bringing it back on track, guys, um, off the back of a, a week away, I was up in Sydney for ZeroCon. Um, now, don't laugh, but it's described as Coachella for accountants or the Disneyland um, of events for accountants. And Marty, I can see you smiling. Don't laugh. It's 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 a high energy event. It actually uh, sounds and, like a video game conference. Video game. Zero con. Zero con. Yeah, it's um, people it? get dressed up and wear, wear all sorts of weird things. So it's uh, quite quite crazy and kooky. We we had sneaky sound system play at the rap party. Um, Daryl Braithwaite came and played horses at the end of the the day too, and uh, you know just basically you know there's beach balls being thrown around in the air. And as I said, three and a half thousand accountants and bookkeepers, along with app partners, get together for this two day event. Um, I'm definitely getting older. My ability to recover from these kind of events um, is definitely taking a hit. But um, yeah, because for today, I'd like to. Uh, Bring in one of the presenters that presented or give you a recap of one of the things that was presented and uh, we'll, we'll go through that today, the four-step process of, you know, clocking your mind and performing at your best. Before we jump into it, though, just going to say that this episode's proudly brought to you by Future Advisory. Um, all of your tax matters handled in one place. Um, check out the team, futureadvisory.com.au. Um, the madness of tax season's wrapping up now and we're back in track for, you know, looking after all of our business clients like we do all year round. So check us out if you're looking for a new place for your business. So guys, have you ever heard of Emma Murray? I've heard of her through you. <laughs> but not uh, – I haven't heard of her uh, personally. 
Awesome. Well, to set the scene, I'll take you back. Um, I hadn't heard of Ever Murray about four or five years ago. Maybe, yeah, give it four or five. It was pre-COVID times. Um, it was actually the first time I saw her was at ZeroCon 4. must have been four years ago. And um, Emma took to the stage, and at this time it was a breakout session, so it wasn't the main stage in front of 3,500 people. Um, but very quickly I watched um, the breakout session, which probably seated maybe five or 600 people. All of a sudden it was overflowing and people were sitting in different breakouts but were changing the channel of the headset to be on Emma's channel so they could hear what Emma was presenting on. So overflowed like crazy. And I thought, well, geez, I'm going to go check out who, who this Emma Murray is and what she's about. And as it turned out, she started her presentation talking about the Richmond Football Club um, and how back in 2016, the Richmond Football Club had finished 13th on the ladder. They had skilled players. They had Damien Hardwick, who was on the edge of being being sacked. And one of the main things that changed between 2016 and 2017, where they went on to win three flags in four years, was Emma Murray was hired as a mindful coach or mi mindset and performance coach for the football club. Um so I was intrigued, you know, as an avid footy fan, we've just spent the first five minutes talking about uh, the Bombers and Adelaide. Um, I was very intrigued to see, well, what, what did Emma do for the Richmond Football Club that turned them around and, and had them able to perform at the level they were performing at? Now, Emma took to the stage and actually took, took me on a bloody journey that I was not expecting to go on. Um, Emma actually started the presentation with a story about her 14-year-old boy, Will, at the time. And... For those who are around Melbourne, you may think back to this and remember it from the news, but basically before the Richmond preseason started and Emma was starting her job, um, she got a call that her 14-year-old boy, Will, had jumped off the pier at Black Rock and he'd actually broken his spinal cord and had become basically unable to move from the neck down. So he was quadriplegic on the spot after breaking several vertebrae. Um I think when you're in a room like that, when somebody with raw emotion stands on stage and shares that story, it absolutely hits you for six. And you just think like, wow, like how, how incredible is this, that this woman's here sharing this story and you can see the emotion in the eyes. You can see the images of Will, you know, going through his surgery and his operations and coming back around. But it was this connection between mindset and performance and how Emma had to go to work. She had to keep her job with the Richmond Football Club and front up to work each day and give her absolute best when she was at work, even though she was dealing with things at home to do with her son. They were, you know, renovating, installing ramps in the house and and looking, you know, for the best treatment possible to help their son, you know, get get through this in the best way possible, try and get some kind of movement back potentially. It was all very much unknown. So what Emma ended up saying was that, you know, through her training, it was around what was her training that she was rocking up to the football club going to stand the test against spinal trauma? And was she someone who was that rocking up there every day to tell the team how to perform at their best, ignoring the outside noise? Was she going to be able to use this herself? Um, so Emma went on and decided to share her top um, four tips at the time. Well, back back then it was different. It was a few different approaches, but this, this conference, she shared her top four things for how to be at your best performance. And I'd like to share that with you guys today. How's that sound? It sounds like uh, a great idea. And, and you just feel the courage and resilience already just listening to that story, very emotive. And, and uh, you just don't know what people are going through in the context of personal lives as to work life. So already you could tell 
a very courageous person. So, yeah, well described, Jason. No, thank you, mate. Look, I, I had a hard time describing it to people when I first saw the presentation and just went like, to be able to get up and talk through that and share that, um, it does give you, you know, a bit of uh, a sense of, I can do this. I mean, if, if Emma can go through that and Will can get through that, maybe, you know, I can front up and perform better too um, day to day. So she talks about mindfulness, but not in the way that we usually think about it. I think um, for a lot of people, when they think mindfulness, they picture somebody sitting on a beach in a sunset, you know, with their legs crossed and their hands, you know, off to the side. Um, Emma's version of mindfulness is is a little bit different. So um, basically starts off, and because she's dealing with a lot of professional sports people and and elite people, um, she kind of frames it in a way that's easy to understand. But ultimately, step one is you've got to understand what is your A game and what is your B game. So your, your A game is the strengths and the assets that you can control. And when you best execute them, you are at your absolute elite level of performance. So if you think about your A game, um, Nick, when you are at your best, how are you feeling? What have you been doing? What what gets you to be your A game in your opinion? Well, what gets me to to my A game? It's being in routine, number one. Um, if I'm in routine, then that means uh, I'm sleeping well and I'm exercising. The other thing we and we spoke about this earlier, but alcohol is a is a big thing. I, don't get me wrong, I, I love a drink, but. I try not to do it during the week generally um, because it does impact um, impact your ability to work for sure. So they're the three things. When I'm in the A game, uh, straight off the top of my head, I would say clarity is the first thing that comes to mind. And the second thing would be productivity or efficiency. They're the two biggest things that I notice. Um, so there's no procrastination. It's getting things done, getting them done quickly. And it's it's clarity on decision makings and also clarity on, um, you know, it's just, just seeing things for what they are and not getting stressed or overwhelmed. Um, I find when you're not in your A game, you can quite easily get overwhelmed instead of having the, the clarity to see it is, see what it, uh, what it is actually happening and what's going on and make decisions, you know, with clarity. So. Yeah. Very well said. Marty, you feel, feel the same or you, what, 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 what's Marty's A game? My own game is when I'm feeling invigorated with direction, you know, mm. when I'm absolutely firing. It's really simple. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm doing it and, um, and I'm feeling invigorated doing it. And someone once said to me, like even I remember when I left the bank, they said, oh, what's your plan B? And I said, there's no plan B because if I've got a plan B, I'm never going to be successful in my plan A. Um, so to me, it was very much – it doesn't mean that you don't fall out of those – good behaviours, but it's just that focus to bring you back onto that play and A game is uh, really important because there's enough going on that can take you off the path at any stage. So, yeah. Well said, well said. And both both beautiful summaries of your A game. Absolutely love it. So to, to start off before we get into the four steps that Emma recommends, it is about understanding your A game. So your A game and when you're at the best, because then you can actually then start to look at what, what does your B game look like? When are you at suboptimal performance? So you can start to kind of notice things that put you, catch you off guard or, or get you out of your A game. They distract you. And one of the thought processes of going through this is to think about our thoughts, for example. So we have 
up to 50,000 thoughts per day. Some people it's 30,000, some people it's 100,000. And when you think about it, a thought usually leads to another thought and it's this spiral and a collection of thoughts. So an example might be waking up in the morning and going, I'm so busy, today's going to be crazy, there's too much on, my calendar's full. And already you've got yourself not necessarily thinking or you're not going to be in your A game if you've already let a thought like I'm so busy, I'm so stressed get in the way of operating at your A game. So this is one of the first things you understand. So for listeners at home, before we get into the steps, have a good hard think about what is your A game? When are you at your absolute best? How do you feel? What thoughts do you let allow into your space? And then what does your operations look like? So once you get through that, the reason this is important to think about is because these thoughts are the things that help that get us to slip into our B, B game. So that's the difference between A game and B game. And then once we're into the B game, these are the four steps of how you can identify what's going on and then how you can get yourself back out of it. So step one is catching the bullshit, which is the B game, the B game bullshit. You've got to catch it. You've got to know what are the things that trip you up. So now that you've identified what your A game looks like, an example might be being tired. You had a shit night's sleep and you wake up and you're tired and the first thing you're thinking about is how you're tired and you're not feeling very great and you're not going to be good. Straight away, you know you're going to be in your B game. So you've got to be able to catch that thought before you let it get too deep. So what this process of step one is identify all the things that put you in a B game mindset. So I know sleep for me is a big one. If I haven't had a good night's sleep, I'm, I'm pretty miserable in the morning. Another one will be not exercising in the morning. I, I'm definitely an A gamer during the day if I've hit my exercise in the morning and I'm not then kind of sitting there all day going, oh, geez, I've only done a thousand steps. I've been sitting on my ass all day. When am I going to get to the gym tonight? My day's ruined. So if you think about that, you, Nick or Marty, you thought of anything that's a, that would get you into B game? Yeah, I, I think what, what I always have to be careful when you talk about stories and I'll I'll just reflect on my own languaging, even my own self-talk. Yeah, um, big one. And little things like, let's say, uh, it's amazing the difference of a word. I have mm. to go to work as opposed to I get to go to work. Just Just get the feeling of that, the difference of that. I get to go to work creates the opportunity to do great things. I have to go to work means it's a strain. So even checking in my A game, I'm very positive. So when I have that type of negative thought, and it could be around anything like, oh, I've got to take the dog for a walk. Oh, I yeah. get to go for a walk. Yes. It's, yes. You, you know, you can apply it to anything. So if you're catching that negative language creeping into your own self-talk, actually say it out loud and just get the feeling behind it. Because again, I think you can, as long as you've got enough self-awareness, you can quickly and dramatically turn it around through your own communication to yourself. It's a really important part to not stay in the B and C game. And we've all been there. So there's yep. nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a matter of having resources and tools to get you out of it, you know, in a more productive way. And, and it's so easy to go from your A game to your B game. It doesn't take much. It might be, you know, a phone call you over here in the office where something's gone pear-shaped and and you've, you've been sitting there in your A zone, you overhear something that stresses you out or causes you grief and bang, you're out of your A game and, and you, you're stressing, you're in B performance, you're distracted. So after you've, you've caught the B game stuff. Once you've figured out what it is that gets you, yeah, the next thing is to stop and accept it. You quite often, you know, you think that it might be to, you know, try and put a positive spin on it, try and do positive encouragement or positive reinforcement. But sometimes that actually works in, in negative effects. So imagine Marty, I'm about to go on stage and I'm nervous. And instead of you 
telling me to accept it. Yep, Jace, you're going to be nervous. You're about to speak in front of 500 people and it's okay to be nervous. Instead, you go, Jace, you shouldn't be nervous. You speak in front of people all the time. You should be fine right now. That's the difference in me being able to stop and accept that it's okay to be nervous and take a deep breath and get out there and crush the presentation that I've done more over and over or somebody coming along and telling you, you should, you should be fine or put some positive spin on it. So stop, take a deep breath and accept what the, what you're in. If you're tired or there's a deadline approaching, sometimes these things are out of your control. So for example, the deadline that's approaching, you can't change the deadline. If, if it's a hard deadline you've got to meet, all you control is the controllables of what can help you get that deadline done. And it's about accepting what's out of your control. Look, even simple languaging around, yeah, what's good about this? Mm. Yeah, I like deadlines now because you've got something you're aiming for and you might find a solution in a way that you wouldn't have found if it wasn't for the deadline. It's the same in presenting in front of stage. You know, there's an allowance to say, oh, I get to share my thoughts with a group of people. You're only looking to add value. Um, and again, you know, people people can be quick to criticise the person on the stage, but the fact is they've got the courage to be there. So just the allowance to accept that you have that, you know, that courage to be the one up there and sharing your thoughts. So to, to me, it's all, you know, communication with yourself. And it's not about, you're right in saying, it's not about just presenting the opposite as to this is what you need to do to not be that way. It really is an allowance to, to reframe it in a way that works for you. Um, and that's an individual choice a lot of the time. 100%. Jace, what about, um, and if I'm skipping ahead here, just no. let me know. Um, what about just accepting the fact that you are in your B game? Did this come up and, and just going, you know what, I'm in my B game because this is what I do. For sure. So that there's some days when I'm just not up to it and I'm not firing at 100%. What I've become good at, and I think this is just purely experience, is accepting it and going, you know what, today's not going to be as productive as it could have been. Um, and I know why. Um, and that's okay. I'm going to, I know what I can do when I'm at my B game. And I know tomorrow is going to be completely different because I've been here before. I know this only lasts for a day. Um, and I know tomorrow is going to be. He's going to be good and these are the actions I'm going to take tomorrow. Because it is hard to go from your A to B because it's a mindset thing and you're in that mm -hmm. mindset for a reason. So those reasons you're in that mindset don't change. So sometimes for me, I just, you talk about accepting it. I actually accept it. And I, I don't look to go to my A game because I just know I'm not there in that day. And I know, you know what, I'm going to be better to do that tomorrow. <clears throat> um, and I know what I can do to at least add some kind of value when I'm in my B game because I've been there before. Um, did she talk about that at all? Absolutely, Nick, and, and you've absolutely crushed it. The next line and sentence that came out of Emma's mouth between point two and uh, step th two and step three was it was called gift of acceptance. It's accepting what's out of your control. And then also then the next step being able to look at what can I do right here, right now? And even if you're not at your best and you know what your best looks like, it's about controlling the controllables. So either way, you're, you're in a position where you're going to have to deal with whatever it is you're going through. Now, whether it's taking the field and playing that game and sticking to the process or whether it's getting that task at work done, getting on stage for the presentation, if you're in that position where you're not, you've caught the B game activity, you, you're, you're not acting at your A game, you've stopped and accepted it and you've been able to identify, you know, what it is that's going on. That is the gift of acceptance, accepting that's out of your control, but then Step three, reframing what can you do right here, right now? 
is to seize that opportunity to go, you know, I might not be at my best, but I can still do something right now that's putting the positive steps forward to continue to to push forward. And then part of that process then is that the last step or step four is one that I think is very underutilized. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of, you know, people who do yoga and meditation and those kind of things talk about the power of breath and breath work. And ultimately it is, it becomes, you know, many different types of breath work, but the one that Emma shared, which is the most recent kind of um, highly talked about in the, in the studies is, is that deep breathing into the, the pit of your, your gut kind of under your rib cage. And it's taking a one huge, long, deep breath, holding when you get to the top and then sucking in one more breath of air that you can try and squeeze in and then releasing that out and sighing as you release it out. Now, if you sit there when you're feeling moments of stress, moments of anxiety, moments of, you know, being in your B game and worked up and you can actually take a few deep breaths, she call, it's called um, energy in motion. If you're breathing in those deep breaths and letting it out and sighing it out and calming yourself back down, it's all about the, the I think it's the vagus nerve and that stress and overwhelming and thoughts and feelings that are getting you off being able to focus and concentrate and move forward. It is all around how motion changes emotion. So that motion of breathing to be able to calm yourself back down and move on with the task that you're tackling. So you actually got the three and a half thousand people in the room. She got us all to stand up. Then we sat back down. Then we stood up. Everyone took those deep breaths. And after everyone sat down, you could almost feel this sense of relief in the entire room that everybody was just in a calmer, more chilled place all through this breathing technique. So one that I absolutely recommend and, you know, I don't think I stop enough during the day to take a deep breath or, or to do any breath work or mindfulness or meditation and those kind of couple of steps and even just that, you know, that breath work that, that Emma taught us. I just went, man, if I did that a couple of times a day and just re-centered myself, I'd be a much better person for it. The guy who, you know, sometimes can get interrupted in the office and go, oh God, why is someone interrupting me? But if I'd had a few deep breaths, answer that person's query and move forward with whatever I was doing, it'd keep me moving in a better place and, and also the team around me. So I think um, if you haven't stopped to check out Emma Murray, it's definitely one I can recommend. And her Instagram page, she shares so much valuable content. It's called High Performance Mindfulness by Emma Murray. And there was one for anyone who hasn't, you know, you know, wants to get stuck into it or wants to learn. Back in January 2021, Emma did a 21 day habit breaking cycle thing. So she she calls it habit stacking. So she launched one new habit a day for 21 days and you built on it every day one by one. And I actually shared with Emma that one of those things that, that she'd taught me back in January, 2021, I still do to this day. And there's actually several of them that I do, but one of them is to not sleep with my phone in my bedroom. And that was one of her 21 habits to have you performing at a higher level and the best performance mindfulness kind of techniques. So um, thank you, Emma Murray, for your presentation. I'm going to send you this and, uh, you know, I got a photo with Emma. I'm a bit of a fanboy, but for those at home who, who want to kind of perform at a higher level and, and use their mindfulness uh, techniques. Um, Emma's got really simple ones that she's currently working with Oscar, Oscar Piastri as well. So if you're a bit of a Formula One fan and you can see the difference in Oscar Piastri over the last season or two with uh, his mind mindset and how he's going, um, definitely one to check out. But uh, boys, I'll, I'll definitely recommend that for you too as well. Yeah, that's great. I'm just looking at her page now. She works with um, 
a lot of athletes. I know you've rattled a few off, but there's some, um, yeah, there's some significant performance. I think she here. she was coaching Shane Van Gisbergen when he won yep. all the back to back to back V eights. Um, yep. so He's on was, there. And yep. then the Aussie cricket players, I think maybe. Uh, a couple of the Aussie cricket players, when they were kind of in a bit of a rough patch, um, Emma kind of took over working with, with a few of them. Yeah, awesome. Chase, so. what was um, in removing the phone from the bedroom, what were the benefits over time that you experienced or what, you know, did it fix a cause or did it do something for you just out of interest? Yeah, good good question. Look, the the couple of different things. One of them is to do with when you hit the snooze button and you enter yourself back into a sleep cycle. Um, so that first time you wake up when you've broken the sleep cycle and you do hit the snooze button, if you enter back into a deep or REM sleep and have to come out of that 10 minutes later, you feel way more tired and miserable than if you'd just woken up and stayed awake the first time. So by having the alarm out in the living room, it means you actually have to get up and go and get your phone. Then you're already up. You're done. You are ready to tackle the day. Um, the other one is around um, wiring and firing your brain with, with negative things like social media. So a lot of people, the first thing they'll do in the morning is unlock their phone and click Instagram or Facebook just out of pure habit. So it was about breaking those bad habits that wire and fire our brains in the morning to be doing things that aren't the best for us. So, you know, rather than waking up in the morning and doing, you know, a minute of breathing breath work or, you know, a couple of minutes of stretching the body and, and watching the sun come up, if you're in bed still, you've done the 10 minutes it's news, you've broken a shitty sleep cycle and then you're on social media seeing some really negative, horrible news that's popped up overnight, that is what, that's how you're going to start your day. So it's all about part of those other steps are controlling the, your morning. So, you know, own the morning, control the morning, own the morning and you'll own your day. Um, the other one, you know, one of the main ones that, that I need to get back into is, is catch the crap or, or basically it's that A game, B game stuff. But in the morning, if you, let's say the alarm's in the living room, it goes off. You get up and go into the living room and then you open your journal, which happens to be next to your alarm. And you're just going to write down something that might trip you up today. It's like, okay, cool. Um, I've got a, a big meeting with a, pros, pros, a new client prospect and, and I'm worried that I'm going to stuff it up. So if you write that down and you've already got it out of your system that, that you're prepared and you're already preparing mentally for that thing that might trip you up later in the day because you've identified it and then you can start to put things in place. Well, actually, why am I worried about that? What can I do before it's the three o'clock meeting with that prospective new client that I can change? So, and it's the habit stacking is what I really liked about that 21 day journey because it wasn't, oh, here's all the things you need to do to, to be a better person or have better mind, mindfulness and performance. It was step one. Then the next day, step one and two. The next day, one, two, three. And all of a sudden by the 21st day, you're like, man, I am feeling up and about. There are so many new things that I've learned, new tools in my, in my tool, toolkit that I can use, you know, day in, day out to, to continue to be a better person. And that's what, I think that's what we're all trying to do every day. We try and just be that 1% better and for ourselves, for our friends, for our family, for our kids, for our business partners and our employees. So, yep, if any of these things can help you uh, move ahead and be a step better and 1% better, I'm happy to have shared. Nice. Fantastic. Well, until next time, uh, share this with a friend. Check out the website. What's the website, uh, Jase? At High Performance Mindfulness to find Emma Murray online. Um, and I'm sure she's got a link to the website on her Instagram page. But yeah, a lot of her content is, is through the Instagram page. Fantastic. And until next time, play your A game. Game over.